Karma Automotive, Forbes Magazine's most anticipated luxury electric vehicle. Karma Automotive is a luxury EV brand designed and manufactured in California. Proud sponsor and official luxury vehicle of the Las Vegas Raiders. Charge the motion beyond EV. Karma Automotive. The game is over, but we're just getting started. You're listening to The Fifth Quarter, presented by Twitch on the Raiders Podcast Network. Well, the bad news is the Raiders are 0-3, falling early this afternoon, 24-22 to the Tennessee Titans. But the good news, the boys with us, playoff Willie in the house, Will Compton live from Nashville. Will, how are you, my friend? It's been too long. Dude, Eddie, it is good to see your face, bro. Do you remember like in 2019 in Oakland and we would talk shop about uh, your guys' podcast, Bust with the Boys. I was up talking with the boys in the in the in your guys' production studio. And it's just crazy to think like a few years later, I'm now like back on your podcast talking Raiders and and tied the Raiders Titans game, but just like I don't know, our relationship, our friendship. I mean, you lent me a mic last year <laughs> whenever I came to Vegas and I needed a, a microphone to still record Bustle with the Boys and you hooked it up last year. But it's just it's just wild to see that we, you know, we're still standing, we're still boys like three years later. Dude, it's it's been a beautiful progression, man. It really has. I think it's been, you know, I was talking to, to our old boss the other day about it where I think that this is a very cool moment. And and just to give us a little bit of a runway, you are going to be joining us throughout the year. This is not a one and done for Will Compton. So everyone relax. He's hang, He's going to come back. He'll be on the show a couple more times, all that good stuff. But it, it is really cool. It's very rewarding to kind of see, like to your point, when we were having those talks with you in the uh, in our old pod studio, I'll put that in air quotes, uh, yeah. and having a chance to like kind of just pick your brain because we were so early kind of in our journey and, and getting to use you as an inspiration as a sounding board. And the fact that you're back, we're talking Raiders football, our studio's gotten a lot nicer. And I can't wait for you to come out here, brother, to check it out because it is really, really superb. But to kind of see how we've both kind of been going along the journey, it's been, it's been fun, man. And, and we're not done yet, right? We still got a long way to go. Oh yeah, a long way to go. It's just it's just really cool to see that it's went beyond playing football. And uh, I feel like that's like the cool thing. Like yes, we're talking about football and everything else, but uh, it's just really cool to me. It is, dude. It's great. And I think that, you know, not to get too too corny and cliché, but I think it is the perfect example of of what MD says all the time, right? Once a raider, always a raider. Like you you were here for for a time, you came back, we had the playoff Willie run and the fans love you and and I think that you know, for us, like part of it's reading the room, right? Like, let's figure out a way to get Will in the mix. You want to be in the mix. We want you to be in the mix. This is a perfect way to kind of start the uh, start the relationship, the uh, the pod, whatever, in in a more official capacity. So it's it's dude, it's all good. It's all good news. Obviously, I wish that our first uh, official appearance was talking about a Raiders W, but alas, I know. alas, what can you do? Uh, I'm curious from your point of uh, view, though, Will. You were at the game. You were at uh, at Nissan Stadium today, and trying to be objective, my friend. Did we have a nice little Raiders turnout there? Was it good? Did, did the nation show up in a big way? Oh, brother, we had our bus and tailgate at Acme Feed and Seed, and it was a majority. It was about 70% Raider fans, I would say. Yeah, Raiders fans travel deep, bro. And again, it's like Halloween everywhere you go. Like, everybody was decked out. Um, the Raider fan cave with, with Murph and Jeff Swag, like, they had their crew there. Like, it, it, it was awesome. It was really cool to see, and it was awesome, like, taking photos with fans, like, hearing people talk about playoff Willie and, like, how just just how cool everything is, like, has, like, came about from it, I guess. 
but yeah, man, you say the once a Raider, always a Raider. Like I definitely feel that sentiment from Raider Nation. Uh, but the turnout was really good, bro. You just wish that we could have, you know, you wish that the Raiders could have won that game. It, it's weird because I'm, I'm like, I'm half Titan. I'm half Raider. I'm also like half Commander, Redskin, whatever you want to call it. It's just like a, uh, it, it's weird. The boys played today. Everybody's like, hey, pick a side. Who you rooting for? This, that, the other. Like, there's so many relationships I have with guys on both sides, on both teams. Uh, recency bias, like playing with the Raiders last, especially like when I lost my mom in December and having the locker room kind of like be around me. There's just like a different, there's just like a different connection to that locker room and to that fan base. Uh, based on something like that when that happened. So I was definitely pulling for the boys today in silver and black. And, and, you know, it's definitely like a mutual thing, right? Like we tweeted out that you're com- – so I think we tweeted like a month or two ago when we we put pen to paper that you're going to be hanging out with us this season, and the response was overwhelming. Everyone's so stoked that you're back. We tweeted out today. Today's your first appearance of the year, and people are fired up. And, and you talk about – it's just like a very mutual deal, right, where I think that you – I think there's like a like a select group of people. I would put you there. I'd put Bryce Butler there, Donald Penn there. Like a lot of guys who who understand there's such a balance between the love affair between you and the fan. Like it has to go both ways. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, there's there's, there's a gap there you always want to bridge, and it's always hard to do, especially when there's business involved with football and getting cut and you know trying to get what you feel like is yours, that what you feel like is deserved to be yours, and and the fans usually have a say in in how your situation goes. Not have they have a say like they influence how the situation goes, but they have their opinion in how situations go, and it's like you know it's just finding the balance and bridging that gap. It, because it all matters. Like my situation selfishly matters to me personally, my self-interest and what I'm wanting to get out of football and everything else. And sometimes it always doesn't go that way. However, it's like balancing the passion and the love that Raider nation has for their team. And then trying to figure out, uh, trying to figure out like the middle ground of it all. It's been fun, man. But like, I, I have nothing but love for Raider nation. and I feel it back. And uh, it, it's, it's, it's just been really cool. Given the fact that I've only played like, maybe a total of, I don't know, maybe 15 games, 12, 15 games uh, on the Raiders overall. I feel like I've played that like my entire career. It's funny. I know. You're one of those dudes where it's just like the silver and black suited you in uh, in such a good way. And that's a big reason why I'm talking to you now, right? Like we want to keep yeah. in the mix. And like, like I said, you just have a, such a great relationship with the fans, a great rapport with the fans, and it, it definitely goes both ways. But, you know, looking looking back at this afternoon, Will, like, you know, we heard from Coach McDaniels after the game, and it's kind of been the constant narrative through three weeks. He's like, Yo, the the team just couldn't put together a full sixty minutes, and and I'm curious from from a player's perspective, you know, guys are smart, right? Guys, I think in NFL locker rooms are very perceptive, are very intelligent, are very good at observing things around them. Like when you're three weeks into the season, unfortunately sitting at zero and three, and and the reason for that seems pretty clear that you just haven't been able to put a full sixty minutes together. Like, what is the next step? to trying to do that? Is it as simple as, you know, we heard from Derek, like you got to be better at practice. You got to be better in the walkthroughs, be better in the meetings, but like, what does that mean? Yeah, it's a great question, bro. I think now like starting off 0 and 3, I think you put yourself behind the eight ball more. It looks like the, as we're currently talking, the Jaguars are playing with the charges right now. The chiefs lost to Indy. So things happen the day that you wanted to happen division wise, because again, I think this is a good football team. Like I've been on record talking about how, 
how much I love the locker room and how much I love the culture that that locker room has as far as like policing each other and the accountability and everything else. Um, I've never played for McDaniels, but I've heard nothing but good things about him. Talking with Darren on the pod, talking with guys on the side. I was on FaceTime with Jay on Brown and Max Crosby. I talked to those guys often um, and just all of them, man. Like, like everybody has nothing but good things to say. And he comes from that patriot background so there's some familiarity there with knowing that i played for variable so i you know it's it's hard to figure out but the whole we need to practice better we need to do walkthroughs right like all this stuff at the end of the day it comes down to attention to detail i'm not saying that there's a lack thereof but when you're trying to put together four when you're trying to put together full four good quarters of ball complementary football that's like what matters like you've got to be able to complement each other well special teams offense defense all of it everybody's got to be clicking together right uh run game pass game being able to run the ball well so you can set up the play action uh being being you know being ahead of the chains and then defensively like obviously getting the offense the ball back like stopping them on third down i feel like i feel like we're the boys uh, the boys in silver and black struggled today is stopping the run, especially when you, when you feel like Taylor Lewan goes out on the Titans. Like that's a huge, that's a huge gap for the, that's a huge void for the Titans. And when the Titans are known, their identity is running the football and they haven't done a good job of doing that in the beginning of the year for them to be successful. Like that's the one thing you got to take away. Uh, that was tough knowing that they didn't get that done, but what they mean by playing 60 minutes again, I this is a good football team. It, like I know fans take decades of, of misery with like, why did the Raiders always like hype us up just to let us down? Uh, but this is obviously a new year. It's a new team. Um, they're obviously still learning with coach McDaniels, like learning the culture of it all. However, I believe in the locker room. I know the boys will get it figured out. The urgency does have to go up now because now you're playing the numbers game as far as being behind in the division and not only like being behind in the division, but being behind in a tough division with the chiefs and the chargers Broncos are tough too, but um, objectively talking about it as somebody on the other side of the fence now and as a player, uh, you know, you, you want, you need to start winning ball games and starting off 0 and 3 is tough. Uh, but again, they got, who do they have in the next few weeks? So we, know, we go, uh, uh, we go Broncos at home next week, chiefs on the road right. and then the bye. So you're looking at this now, Will, and you need to, like, to your point, like you need to win some games and you need to win in a, in a hurry. But yeah. I, I think that, that Derek said it perfectly. And you essentially echoed what you said, where it's like, yeah, there has to be a sense of urgency. You got to elevate that sense of urgency, but the season is not done as we sit here on September 25th. No. And that's the thing, like as a player, like when you're in the locker room and when you're around the building and everything else, like, yeah, the fans, the outside, outside of the walls, the urgency, the opinions and everything else is going to heighten. Like naturally, that's just, that's just, that's, that's, that's reality. That stand the yeah. test of time always. Yeah. That's reality. Like it's a performance-based industry. Uh, it's entertainment. Like people are going to react. It's very much a reactive world outside of those four walls. But what I like those guys to do and what I like that locker room to do and believe that they will do um, again, it's like, how do you dial in on that attention to detail? And again, it's not that it's not that it's non-existent. It's just that going that extra step of staying dialed in, like knowing, believing on how you're going to win each football game, like coming from Vrabel, 
example, he was always a guy that painted three team keys every week, offense, defense, special teams, and as a full team of how they're going to win the football game. He would talk about where the weaknesses are within the team, what our strengths are within the team, how we can, uh, how we can uh, exploit the weaknesses of the other team and how we're going to eventually win the football game in like a gritty way. Like guys were not good enough to just win based on town alone. The Raiders do have the talent. And again, it's just finding those ways to win clearly like being clear about how you're going to win, believe in it and, and carrying it over in the meeting room and practice and everything else, because they got all the pieces If anything. They have probably too many ingredients to figure out. Why aren't you giving Josh Jacobs a ball in the fourth quarter? But again, you got Darren Waller, you got Devonte Adams, you got so many people, people like, how are we going to dial this up? I feel like everybody's figuring out together. Like even the coaching staff, you're trying to figure out the rhythm of all these games. Again, there were situations in that ball game where, they they're they're in it they can be in the lead like waller my guy i love the boy drops the ball in the end zone where you can have a you can have a touchdown or you can have six points versus an interception and a huge swing of momentum again uh what's the safety's name uh Duran Harmon with the pick today Harmon Harmon has the pick Harmon has the pick they're in field goal range they can push the ball you're you're trying to think we're at least getting three in this situation however you get backed up and you end up having to punt the ball so it, it's not like they're it's not like they're playing bad football. They're just not playing smart football. They're just not, they're not executing the small things. And it's not, you, you can't be over, you can't like overanalyze because you overanalyze too much analysis by paralysis. You got to end up letting the game come to you. Uh, yeah, you got to dial it in. You got to understand inside the building. The urgency has to go up because we got to win a football game. However, guys, like we have the guys in this room to do it. Like don't overthink it. Don't overanalyze it. Continue to show up every day. I think that's what they'll do, but that's just the perspective of when you're one of those players in that locker room on a team where it's like, we have the pieces, boys. Like, we just got to figure it out. We're not going to, we're not going to hit the panic button. We're not just going to start doing player only meetings every day and freaking out just like everybody else is outside. Like you got to calm it down. And, but you do, you have to start winning football games because you're going to go at the chiefs. You got to win next week at home. Uh, you got to get one of these games going into that bye week for there to be any kind of life coming out of the bye week. Yeah, I mean, 100%. I think at this point, it's just getting that getting that good steak dinner taste in your mouth, getting a W, right? And, and, you know, the Raiders haven't won a game now since January 9th. Obviously, that was a lifetime ago, a different regime, you know, by and large, a very different locker room. But, like, you need play to... Play on the team. Yeah, play, play <laughs> Are the Raiders 0-3 since playoff Willie was off the roster? Yeah, we, yeah we're winless. We're winless since we cut me. That's all. I know. <laughs> um, two, two quick things though that 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 I wrote down as you were talking. You know, like it's hard to it's hard to win a game in the NFL, dude. You know that better than I do. But what makes it yes. a lot harder is when you're constantly playing catch up. I mean, the Raiders go into halftime today. They're down twenty four to ten, right? So you're you're constantly just trying to climb that mountain after in those final thirty you know those final thirty minutes. But what also doesn't help either, Will, and you're this is not playing winning football when you're one for twelve on third down, right? That is. Ooh. 8% efficiency on third down. And against a team as good as the Titans are, and I know that people coming into today were like, oh, you know, the Titans are 0-2. Is this the is this the year that they're going to break? Blah, 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 blah. Like, don't get it twisted. They are a really good football team. And if you're converting 8% of your third downs, it's, it's just not going to cut it. And we saw that today. No, and third down is massive. Like, situational ball is the name of the game. Like, being a, a master in every situation. And, yeah, going 1 for 12 on third down is brutal it's abysmal you don't want to go you you don't want to sit in the meetings the next day and know you went one for 12 and third down again especially with the weapons that you have in that building um yeah man it's it, it's one of those things that 
you got to sit, you got to watch the tape, you got to take accountability, you got to have awareness, you got to be able to look at yourself in the mirror and understand, all right, here's where I'm at realistically, here's where we're going to go. But again, it doesn't start unless you check yourself and actually everybody in that room has accountability. Because when you take accountability, you put all the responsibility in your lap. So that way you're not being controlled by everything else and blaming it, blaming a call or blaming a situation or blaming a teammate for why something didn't happen. If all those men in there are taking accountability and looking at it a hard way, because that is a tough reality to face that, hey, with the pieces in here, there's no, there's no, you know, I know, I don't know if we want to, I don't know if this is a family show we don't want to cuss, but there's no way we should be going one for 12 on third down in any football game against anybody out there because we have everything in here to be a damn good team. Yeah. And I think that, you know, for me, if you're a fan and I understand, you know, the the fan upset, the fan frustration, right? The team's 0-3. You feel like there's a world in which the Raiders could be 3-0, but alas, they are not. But I think that if you're looking for kind of positives coming out of this game, right, I think that the defensive adjustments that we saw in the second half, I mean, Derrick Henry was going crazy in the first half, right? I mean, give Ryan mm-hmm. Tannehill, give Derrick Henry, give that entire you know unit a ton of credit because they were going up and down, up and down the field, but that it was a very different kind of tail of the tape for the Titans offense in the second half. And I'm just curious, because you've done it, man, or you've attempted to do it. What makes Derrick Henry so hard to tackle? I mean, because we look at that first half. I mean, this dude is, let me, I'm pulling it up right here. I mean, he's like 60-something yards, averaging, you know, damn near five yards a carry. And it feels like, dude, even when he gets hit behind the line of scrimmage, you got two guys at his ankles, and he's falling forward for a gain of four. Like, I, he's, he's just a different kind of animal. Yeah, he's built different. I mean, he's the size of him. Like you, everybody sees it on Sunday every week. Like, yeah, going into this game, there's a big question mark on how the Titans were going to be able to function without like a successful Derrick Henry. To have a successful Derrick Henry, you need all you need a successful line of scrimmage, and he was getting hit at the line or in the backfield, like the majority of carries. Um, but yeah, man, I, the, look, the boy, I'm all for optimism. I can find op- I can find optimism in any situation. You end up coming out and you you play a you, you play a good second half. It's just taking advantage of the opportunities when you have them. Again, you look at some of these situations: the pick, not getting any points out of it, uh, D Wall dropping the ball that ended or the ball getting batted up, which ended up being an yeah. interception, which could have been a touchdown. Like you're in situations that's advantageous to you. That's advantageous for you. Last week you're up twenty to nothing on the Arizona Cardinals. You just gotta step on their neck. You just gotta you gotta find a way to end the game in the second half. First game against the Chargers, you lose you lose by five points to a good Chargers football team with like four turnovers with a team that clearly looked like starters didn't play in the preseason game. Um, as far as like optimism goes, like, again, I think this is a good football team. It's they've just got to now when you start 0-3, you do have to have like, yeah, naturally we do have to lift the urgency and win a game because you can't get behind the eight ball this far, especially in a good division like the AFC West. No, I mean, you just can't. And I think that's what we've heard all offseason, right? We've heard like, hey, the AFC West is going to beat up on each other. And I think that's still going to be the case when all is said and done. I think that, you know, you have four really good teams in this division. Uh, it'll be interesting to me to, to see how many of these teams make the postseason. But I mean, you're going to have dudes going at each other week after week after week. And I think it's going to be a battle of attrition when we get to, you know, Thanksgiving, when we get to Christmas, when we get to the start of the new year. Like, it is going to be a mm-hmm. battle of attrition big time. But I, to your point, though, like, if you're a Raider fan, and I know that, you know, there's no moral victories in the NFL, blah, blah, blah. Josh has said that a million times. But, like, you got to feel good that at least you're putting yourself in a position to win. Right. I think it'd be one thing we heard from Derek postgame. He goes, look, I've been on teams when when things aren't going well. And you're like, I don't know how we're going to turn this around. Like, I don't know if we have the guys in that locker room to turn this around. 
He's like, that's not the case here. He goes, we have all the talent. We have the guys here that can do it. It's just a matter of executing and doing what we need to do come game day. Amen, dude. I, I think that's perfectly said. Like, you've been on, like, obviously I'm not on the Raiders now, uh, but I, I've been on teams where you're like, oh, man, you know, we got to find a way to, like, you look at this schedule and think, like, okay, we can beat we can probably beat this team, beat that team. All oh, these are definite losses. But this is a team that does have all the ingredients to to play good football. And yeah, if you're gonna look at it, you're gonna look at the optimism side of it. It's like, boys, like they're close. Like they're they're close, right? Like you you're you're ahead. You, you hate it for Hunter Renfro. You know, arguably the most dependable guy on the team that fumbles twice last week when you have that game, when you can end up winning that game, they're driving to win that game. Uh, like, again, the Chargers the week before, and the, like, even this game just missed opportunities, man. Like, you're so close. You have one where D walls, he's, he's, he's going to score. He gets the ball, and it's just barely overthrown. You would love to see him bring it in one handed and take it to the house, but like, they're that close. Like, that's how close they are to turning it around, and it's just staying the course again finding a way in whatever world that you need to dial in the attention to detail a little more, because that's more of like a natural cliche thing to say, but Hey, lift the urgency a little bit. Don't overthink it. We are fine. We are this close. However, boys, like we've got to get one this next week. Like, yeah, Denver's a good team, but these boys, like they shouldn't be, they, they shouldn't be able to come to Vegas and, and pull out a W against Raider nation and against that Raiders football team. I mean, we, so again, it's just win one game. It's like, all right, we're in the mode boys block everything else out. How do we win one football game? Let's just win one football game. Yeah, and I mean, you talk about opportunities. I mean, I'm just looking here at the stats. Well, the Raiders had six trips to the red zone this afternoon. The Titans had three. Now, the big difference is the Titans came away with three touchdowns, and the Raiders went two for six in the red zone. So you're looking at 100% compared to 33%. And I'm certainly not a mathematician by any stretch of the imagination, but I know that putting up seven... like one. Yeah. (laughs) But I know, yeah, I know, you're spinning, you're spinning, you're spinning right I know, now, I'm hitting, I'm, dude, I got my highlighter out, dude, I'm going crazy over here, yeah. but I do know that putting up seven points is a lot more effective to playing winning football than putting up three, as much as I love the cash money man, Daniel Carlson. Yeah, look, it's situational football, like all these are situational football, that's how you prepare throughout the week, you can have, you can string together good drives, and that's going to be the optimism when you watch the tape, like guys, we're doing good things, however, when we get in situations third down again some of that is deep a lot of that is attention to detail red zone everything else here's how the call here's why the call sheet changes here's how you're you're asked to execute like those are the small things those that's the attention to detail in the situational football that's going to get them over the hump because they can move the ball as well as anybody like they can play ball with everybody out there it's just taking advantage when the situation presents itself a hundred percent and i think before we get out of here and one thing i I just want to highlight because i know it's going to get lost in today is, man, shout out to Mac Hollins. Like, it's going to get lost in today. It's going to get lost in the loss. But, like, Mac Hollins finishes the career day for Mac. Eight catches, 158 yards, one touchdown. I mean, for a dude who just came in and it was the kind of assumed either number three or number four guy in that wide receiver room, like, he balled out today, man. They, the Raiders needed to have a guy that put their best foot forward and took advantage of the opportunities that were given him in single coverage. And Mac Hollins did that and then some, man. Absolutely. And then that, that last catch when he scored the pick and standing over and standing over my guy with that confidence that he had, like it gives you chills. Like, yeah, he had a, he had a, he was a dog on the football field today. And again, it's just, it's one of those things where, you know, Derek D should be back there. Like you trust anybody you're throwing the ball to and you can count on guys. And that's like, that's what you need going forward. Again, they have so many, like they are deep. 
on, on paper when it comes to skill positions and weapons like that. Like I know they could have a better offensive line and people talk about the weaknesses of the Raiders and things of that nature. But as far as like wheeling and dealing to all those weapons that you got skill position wise and in the backfield, uh, it doesn't get much better, but yeah, my man had a day and it was like, it was one of those situations where he's just sitting there snagging the ball, especially on that fourth down when they're just threw it up late in the game. I was like, Oh my God, we're just throwing a bond. And then he comes up with it. Like ball couldn't have been placed any better. A bigger play couldn't have been made. And I'm sitting there like, yo, who is number 10? <laughs> but, uh, no, he, he had a hell of a game today. He was awesome. He was fun to watch. Yeah, he was really fun to watch. And you bring up some of those kind of perceived uh, things that the Raiders need to get a better at. And we've talked about the offensive line a ton, all the different line combinations. But, I mean, give the big fellas up front credit, man. A single sack is what they gave up today. Raiders ran for nearly 100 yards. Like, the Raiders lost today. You lost the game today, but it, buzz- it wasn't because of the play of the offensive line. No way. No, again, it just comes down to situational football and and executing in the times that matter because they, again, they're driving the football. They're driving it every every possession unless, you know, you get a pick and you're actually in the most, you're in the most advantageous situation to drive the ball. We couldn't get anything out of it. We went backwards, but they can drive the ball. And it's it's really just about executing like, you know, in the red zone on third down. Again, you can't go 8% on third down and you can't go, what was it? Two for six, three for six in the red zone. Yeah sorry i was so dialed into the game like you know i'm still i'm still making my transition into this media world with all the stats i don't have the highlighter in front of me but, i know <laughs> uh, again it, it is brother it, it, it's situational football and and uh i'm always optimistic i think the boys are going to figure it out i'm the hell i'm going to be rooting hard for them i know you saw me on the sideline yesterday with dave ziggler uh pre-game in knoxville did you see that i did not see that what were we, uh, we had a good hug. I was going to say, what were we, what were we discussing? If it's, if it's pot appropriate, Mr. Compton. Yeah. He, he, uh, he called me out and we met for the first time. He was, um, he introduced himself and I was like, Oh yeah, I know who you are. And not only because he's the Raiders sure. GM, but also he was Taylor Lewan's guidance counselor in high school. Like of course, the yeah. story of going from yeah. guidance counselor to GM. Like I know, he, and I was like, bro, you need to come on the bus one day. And then I was like, Hey, what are we talking about for year 10? Do you want to do a trial right now? I started hitting punt sets in front of him. I was like, go ahead, get out your phone. We can record it, send it to whatever scout you need. I'm ready to roll. <laughs> and I was just, you know, making them laugh yeah. and everything else. And, uh, uh, but I was like, Hey, for real. Yeah, but <laughs> he's, a, he's a good dude, man. He's I like Dave a lot, dude, and obviously we're yeah. we're all rooting for for everyone's success in this building. But hey, well, what I'm hearing from you is that everything that we've seen the past three weeks is clean upable. I don't know if that's the right term, but is uh, is able to be better, and that at this juncture on September 25th, increase the urgency, but no need to freak out. Is that fair and appropriate? That is 1000% spot on. I'm not neglecting the fans out there that are just fed up and they just, they feel like they've been just been beat to a pole with year over year disappointment. I I understand that, but the reality is like, this is all very, we will use your turn. This is all very cleanupable and it's not time to hit the panic button, especially when you got two big games, two division games going into the bye week. Like you can turn this around again, the chiefs lost today in a game that, you're probably chalking up as a win. Like you, you know, if the Raiders are going to lose today, when I was looking at the Titans and Raiders, I'm like, okay, Titans, they can afford to lose. They're in like the new NFC East. The AFC South is atrocious right now, right? Like you got the Jags are at the top at one and one. Everybody else, there's a tie or they're 0 and 2. Uh, Raiders were 0 and 2. However, they're in a division where you got the Chiefs, you got the Chargers who, who are playing at a high level. Not saying the Raiders aren't. It's just like the fact of the matter is the Raiders needed to win today to like be in that hunt. Now that they lost, if you needed anything to happen, 
You needed the Chiefs to lose. And again, as we're talking, the Jaguars are playing the Chargers. I don't know how that's shaping up, but I know the Jaguars are giving them seven different kinds of smoke right now. So we'll see how that comes out. But you got two big division games. Everything is very clean up a bowl. Like these next two weeks are going to matter a lot. However, let's focus on this week against Denver coming into our house in Vegas. Let's be loud and let's just figure out a way to win in one football game. Very well said. Well, hey, Will Compton, before I let you go, give me 30 seconds of plugs. Where can the people find you? I mean, I, I guess the better question is where can they not find you? Because I feel like all you do is, is put out 38 <laughs> no, hours I'm of content there. per day. So hit I'm, me. Uh, I'm out there, brother. Uh, my socials are at underscore Will Compton. Uh, I host a podcast with Taylor Lewan called Bustin' with the Boys. Uh, you can find that on Apple, Spotify, YouTube. You can subscribe to all of it wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, but, yeah, that's where I'm at, man. I'm everywhere. Will Compton, underscore Will Compton, Bustin' with the Boys, listen, all that fun stuff. Exactly. You're a pro, man. You're getting good at this media stuff. Obviously, I, I know that there uh, there's a lot of people who hope that we aren't done seeing you on the football field yet, but – it is nice to see you in the media world. It is nice to talk to you. And uh, and like I said, this is not the only time we're going to be seeing you this year. Uh, later this week, I'll have to put out a schedule of, of your kind of, you know, your schedule for the season and, and when we'll see you postgame. And is there, can we say that you're coming out to Vegas now? Can we unveil that? Because I know we got it on the books. Could we could we reveal to the people that you'll be uh, hanging Absolutely. out? Absolutely. Yeah, look, uh, look, so obviously I do all this stuff with bus and the media, the, the, the barstool stuff and everything else. If I am not on a team this year, the plan is I will be out in Vegas. Hopefully the boys out in Vegas is playoff, Willie, and I'm suiting up. But, yes, I will be coming out to a game. Um, you know, you just never know. It is officially official that I am coming out to Vegas unless something happens on the gridiron. Oh, we love to hear it. Well, Will, this was such a treat. Like I said, we'll do a better job of, of letting the people know your full slate of appearances in 2022, but off to a fantastic start. It was so good to see you again. Like I said, the first of a handful of times we're going to hang out with you this year. Uh, be safe. Enjoy the baby daughter. Enjoy the wife and all, enjoy all the good stuff. And hopefully, hopefully, hopefully I'm talking to you after a win next time. Can we do that? Please, please, please. Dude, I'm with you, brother. I'm with you, brother. I'll, I'll, I'll text all the boys. I'll, I'll shoot them some juice and maybe a joke or two. But, dude, thanks for having me on, man. Eddie, it's good seeing you. Absolutely. So, Freddy Pascal, our man Will Compton, Al, who's running the board on the ones and twos, everyone in back in the control room, making sure that we are operational and rocking. The Raiders are 0-3, but we head into week four with optimism. Like our man Will Compton said, we have a lot to look forward to, a lot to clean up. Uh, and we will catch you guys next week after a big game against the Denver Broncos on the fifth quarter. Thank you for listening to The Fifth Quarter, presented by Twitch. Make sure to download the Raiders mobile app, and we'll see you next week. The Las Vegas Raiders have partnered with the global lifestyle app TrueConnect to give the gift of wellness. Transform your mind, body, and soul through thousands of hours of premium fitness content, guided meditations, progress tracking, and more. Visit tcfree.fit to redeem one free year of TrueConnect exclusively for Raider Nation.